As the marketing director here at Master's Choice, I think it's important for people interacting with our brand to understand who we are. We want you to get to know us, because we like us, and we think if you're listening along, you will too. You won't find any super valuable ad content on these episodes, so if that's what you're looking for, come back on Monday. Nah, these episodes are about us and who we are as people, so if you're into that, sit back and enjoy telling our stories on the MC Podcast with Andrew Crabtree. Alright, so, podcast audience, thank you for being here. Uh, This is something we're doing that's a little bit different, and it's not uh, necessarily our core content. Uh, Mark Kirk is not going to be on this episode, and really, we're not going to talk all that much about corn. Uh, Today, I am joined in the MC Podcast studio by my friend, yours truly, Scott Harris. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for being here, buddy. I'm happy to be here. So, you're my guinea pig. Okay. This is some new content that we're trying. Uh, You will be the first. Um, you've been on our other podcast before, so I thought it'd be good for you to, to, to be our, our lead guy having some experience in front of this microphone before. Uh, but what I want to do is I want to do a segment that can just let our personalities show a little bit and just show our podcast audience who we are as people and not worry so hard about trying to connect everything back to agriculture or back to corn or, you know, how can it, how can it educate our audience in that way? But just, you know, let's just... Let our hair down, so to speak. Have some fun. Yes. Let's have a little fun. Let's have let, let's have some fun. So the format is going to be, I'm just going to interview you. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, hopefully leading questions and, you know, not necessarily yes or no questions, although there will be a lightning round. Okay. So prepare yourself for that. Oh, man. You didn't um, tell me there was going to be a test. But let's just have, let's have a conversation about this. Okay. So first off, okay, we've introduced you. You're Scott Harris. Uh, I am. What what did so first off? How long have you been working at Master's Choice? Um, I started in August of 2011, so seven years. I guess I'll start my eighth year August 1st of this year. You're a senior citizen here. I I'm would I would consider guess at this point considered to be one of the longer term yeah. uh, people here. We have so many new people all the time. So, um, so what did you do before August of 2011? Where were you at before you came here? So my job right before here, I worked at a car company. I worked at a local car dealership here in Anna, um, and I was the finance manager. So I was the guy that you saw after you bought the car and was trying to sell you the warranties and greasy, uh, yeah, the Xylon protection, the the you know tire protection, wheel protection, all How that. How can I stuff. pull more money out of this transaction? How can I get every last penny available? <laughs> so uh, I actually really enjoyed it. The, the code Chevrolet, code for what I worked for them, they were not high pressure, high pushy. They didn't make us try to push stuff onto people that wasn't right for them. So I actually, you know, car dealerships get a bad rap, but I actually really enjoyed working there and worked with, with, with the people there. Uh, what made you What made you decide to make the switch from? Is it's not exactly apples to apples. What What made you decide to go from from cars to uh, to corn? Lynn Crabtree. <laughs> yeah. Fair so enough. I had uh, developed a relation, personal relationship with Lynn and Paula. I didn't know you, either one of you or Caleb or the boys at all. Um, I'd gone to church with Lynn and Paula and uh, had been going to their small group through church and um, felt a real connection to Lynn. Um, he has that just magnetism about him anyway for most people, but I just felt like there was something really special there. Um, I'd been going, I'd gone through a very rough period in my life and and it's this perfect timing, God's timing, that Lynn and Paula were there. And um, <clears throat> so as we connected, 
when just one day he called me or he texted me and said, Hey, let's eat lunch today and which he you know, would do regularly. And Not out of the norm. Wasn't out of the norm. Yeah, and I, I showed up and there were like four people there. And I didn't know two of them, and I was like, oh, what is happening? <laughs> and apparently it was a job interview. Welcome to your interview, yeah. Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to your job interview. I've heard of surprise birthday parties, uh, but I've never heard of surprise it, job interviews. Yeah, it'll throw you off. It'll yeah. throw you off. So, um, well, I guess, if you, I guess if you pass that kind of an interview, that's, that's yeah. pretty stellar. Yeah, it probably made it better because you you're not overthinking anything. Yeah. You're just <laughs> reacting. Yeah, reacting. So. That's interesting. I, didn't, I don't think I'd ever heard that story. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, and so we had you know two more converse, couple more conversations, and you know he asked me the funniest story. Part of the story to me is he asked me on the, one of the last interviews, he's like, "What are you going to make this year at Code?" You know, and I told him I was like, "You know, it's commission, so you know, excuse me, take it with a grain of salt, but I'll probably make around here." He's like, "I'm pretty darn good, so it's going to be this much." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I can't pay you that much to start, but you need to come to work for me." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," <laughs> so that's what we did. Come so. follow me for less money. Yes. <laughs> yep. Got it. That's cool. Um, I like that I just pulled a story out that I hadn't heard before. This, yeah. This is working. Yeah. All right. So talk about your role here right now. What are you doing? What's your current title right now? So I recently have changed to uh, international sales director. Um, and then I also, I don't have a title within Crabtree Holdings, I guess, but kind of business development lead, I guess, for Crabtree Holdings, all the businesses. Just, of for, the, just for the audience that is unaware, Crabtree Holdings is the, the parent company that the Crabtree family owns that, that owns Master's Choice. Yep. So they own Master's Choice and what, six other businesses yeah. technically. Um, most of them are very small, not a lot going on there yet. But uh, so I get to work with all those now and then a lot on the international side. So the international side is going to be huge. Uh, we believe, but it just doesn't dominate a lot of my time yet. Um, a lot of it's done through email, you know, a lot of conference calls, networking. It's not requiring tons of time. And, and the trips aren't as frequent. They're longer, but they're not as frequent. So they're longer and farther. Much further. I just scheduled a 28-hour travel day. So. Yeah, I uh, I just got back from, from South Dakota, and from, from here, that's 13 hours. Yeah. I'm like, there's nowhere in the world farther from Anna, Illinois than <laughs> South Dakota when you spend two full days in a truck. Yeah. And uh, but you, you do 13-hour flights. Yeah, the flight, the flight coming up uh, in a month is going to be uh, four hours out to LAX, and then from LAX to Sydney is uh, 15, and then another three from Sydney to Auckland, New Zealand. It's a little bit of time in I leave plane. Sunday on th- Sunday at 3 o'clock. I get there Wednesday. <laughs> Something ridiculous. <laughs> Welcome to the life of the international yeah. sales director. So, so the international, does, you know, is is awesome and fun, but it just doesn't require full time necessarily. So, I'm projecting into the MC Ag, the local retail side. I really enjoyed working with those guys. Um, got a lot of new fun challenges there that we're working through. So, I like it. So we, I mean, you probably touched on this a little bit through that, but so how has your job changed over time? So you came in, Elsie yeah, pulled your arm, you, you came in in t- August of 2011, and how has your job changed from, from August 2011 until today? I would say a lot, but yet l- very little at the same time, um, if that makes sense, because when I started, I was just a sales associate. So I, you know, I was working with the distributors. Um, at that time, we were, there were counting Lynn and you know, Paula, there were like five of us, you know, in, in sales. But really, if you would take Lynn and Paula out of the equation, there were there were four people that basically handled all the sales. Get in the truck and go. Get in the truck and go. And so we sp- <clears throat> we spent a lot of time on the road. Um, my You know, my first six weeks, I traveled like five of them. 
um, just trying to learn and learn about the business. And so from that aspect, you know, I've been able to, you know, through, through the grace of God and what I feel is, you know, perseverance and hard work and, and opportunity, we've been able to grow in my positions. And, and you know, I took over MCDS, the direct side of the business for a while, and then I went to the national side and was working with all aspects of sales, kind of as the national sales manager, and, and then now to move up to international. So still sales based, relationship based, um, but the role and structure and duties have drastically changed over time. So you've done the same thing basically, but in just different facets of the business. Right. And in different degrees. Right. One of the things that, as you well know, is awesome about working here is Lynn lets you find your passion. You know, you may be brought in as this, but turns out maybe that's not your skill set. Maybe it's not what you're good at. Maybe you're really good at this. So let's figure out how that makes us profitable and how that works into the business. I think uh, one of the, and this is me as the interviewer injecting my own thoughts into this, but it's my segment, so I get to do that. Yeah, uh, but I think that Names one of the, the door too. Yeah, I think one of the things that we see is important here is that uh, people who are fulfilled in their job are happier employees. Uh, it makes for a better culture, but it makes them more productive. So I think that one of, that's one of the questions that I really want to ask everybody that comes on this on the show is that you know how has your job changed over time? Because I think just about every single person I ask that question to, it's going to be. Uh, pretty different, but we, we get you in the door and we, we, you know, see your work ethic, we see how you fit and then uh, let you kind of shape where your future is based on your passions. Yeah, exactly. And it's awesome to see you just, I, I tell people who, who are fresh out of college or whatever that haven't worked a lot of other places that they just don't understand how rare that is. Usually you're pigeonholed into this is your job and you better do it in most places. And so um, it's just so rare. I mean, we always, the story we always use an example of this is Cheryl. <laughs> Cheryl Feller was hired to answer phones and now yeah. she's the general manager of the business. And if you, if you've never met Cheryl, you see why she's the general manager of business when you talk to her for two minutes. So it's, uh, it's always interesting. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. Uh, next question. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip down a few questions here, but we just talked about traveling and spending time in the truck. So who is your favorite MC employee to travel with and why? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, probably probably actually Kevin, even though we never get to travel anymore together. Um, because Kevin is, uh, I mean, he's just a solid person to talk to. Um, we enjoy the same type of music, which helps. Kevin knows where every food place is in the whole country, <laughs> so I don't it's have to true. worry about researching anything. He, I know he's going to take. You don't us need the Yelp good. app when you travel with Kevin. You don't need the Yelp. He is a walking, talking Yelp app. <laughs> so, it's true, true. Uh, so probably Kevin. Who do you think you've traveled the most with in the last eight years? Uh, the most would be Kevin. Seven years, eight. eight yeah. yeah, seven years. Starting yeah. my eighth in August. So Kevin, he and I. You got to remember, he and I spent. Three years traveling together a ton to South Dakota, like you talked about, four, three, and four, five times a year. Yeah, in a truck, you know. So, yeah, definitely him. So you you touched on Kevin being the walking Yelp at. So what in the course of your travels, and you've you've been, I mean, east to west coast, north to south, Canada, Ukraine. I mean, all yep. over. You've been out of everyone here. You've you've seen the most places. What's what was your favorite? What's the best restaurant? Best meal you've had? The best meal I've had would have to be in North Carolina. At I thought the, you were uh, say my grandma's chicken and dumplings. You said traveling. Okay, okay, I'd say, okay. I used to just have to walk across so the yard to get that. <laughs> so, 
the uh, what's the red red? What's it called? The the place you went in North Carolina? Oh, the Angus Barn. Angus Barn. That place. Angus Barn. I was yeah. just there earlier this month. Yeah. Marketing guys filmed a video with uh, with Syngenta at their uh, their research facility there, uh, which plug for our YouTube channel. Uh, I believe on June 18th, a Monday, we will be posting that video and showing behind the scenes at gonna be cool. Syngenta's RTP facility, and it is, it's a, it's going to be a really cool piece. we got really cool access. So plug for YouTube channel, youtube.com slash master's choice. If you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it. It'll and, be worth uh, it. Check out that Syngenta video on June 18th. Plug over. Yep. So that's fine. But I do have to put a plug into for a little place um, in Elkton, Minnesota called the Naughty Pine. Naughty Pine. Naughty Pine. And it like, is... Like naughty, like Like K-N-O-T, not you're a bad girl. Or, okay, I got not, it. Okay. Not naughty as in you're naughty, okay. <laughs> but K-N-O-T-T-Y. So that, that could be a whole different type of restaurant. Yeah, because that could be weird. Okay. And when you pull in, you're probably not real certain because it doesn't look... It doesn't uh, look like much. Yeah. So and when you walk in, you feel like you walked in in 1970, but it is absolutely pure money. Stakes. Where was that at? It's in Elkton, Minnesota. It's right on the Minnesota-South Dakota line. It's, okay. you know, 40 minutes from Brookings. Awesome. No, man, that mm-hmm. I, uh, I kind of cut off. I was talking about the Angus Barn short to plug the YouTube channel, but the steaks at the Angus Barn are... They're stupid. I mean, they're, they're the best I've ever had. They're just stupid. That's good. Um, let's see. Um, what part of your job is the most fun to you? If you if you if you woke up today and came to work and they're like what facet of your job like what what day do you get most excited about? Probably a day when I'm gonna get to be on dairies, okay. just be on the farm. Um, whether that's you know in the middle of the winter and I'm going to just sit down with them at their facility, or probably if I could narrow that down a little more, probably when I'm walking fields with the customers. Because then you can just point out so much different stuff and look at the product and really you get to brag on the things that we brag about all winter but in the winter time you don't have it in front of you in the summertime it's right here you know we talk about flex we talk about uh you know big wide leaves we talk about a high you know tall plant it's not just in the hybrid guide it's right in front it's right of them. there and f- physically in front of them i like that uh i'm gonna put you on the spot okay. um let me take a drink first fair enough um what kind of drink green apple petier Ooh, <laughs> fancy i know Fancy. Uh, all right, putting you on the spot, and it, I, if you can't if you can't come up with something, you know, I'll I'll give you a pass. But what's okay. give me give me some give me a funny story or two, like be it a prank or just some circumstances that happen. Like what what have you laughed hardest at in the last in the last seven years? I'd say the prank that probably stands out to most of us pretty quick is the uh, um, the one we did with Mark and the, his passport. <laughs> and so uh, Kevin, and, Kevin and I. So there's there's a funny aspect because this is a great story because it wraps up Kevin and I's relationship. Yep. So basically, Mark's had his passport with him for some reason, and it fell out of his pocket in the conference room. Well, Kevin finds it, and of course, he immediately comes to me and says, "What are we going to do with this?" Yeah, I mean, we can't miss a good good chance for you an office prank. An, in this I mean, building. this was like it was almost like God had dropped this in front of us, which I doubt. Looking back, it was probably God, <laughs> but. Uh, Felt like it, it at the it time. It felt like it at the time. So, you know, we get the passport. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to drag this out. We get the passport. Come up with an idea that we're going to basically. I created a fake email account, and um, Mark had been to at Wisconsin. Kevin's encouragement. At Kevin's encouragement. That's key to the Ke- rest Kevin of. Kevin says, this. "Hey Scott, you should you should do this. <clears throat> what if we did this? You know, we ran, we ran some ideas around. He said, "What if we did this? And I was like, "Okay, I'll do it." So I create a fake email account. 
what I think is clearly a fake, funny email name. It was like C Money four four seven one or something. <laughs> and I say my name is Chris Money, and I found your passport outside of a adult establishment <laughs> in Wisconsin. <laughs> and so, uh, and if you want, you know, I'm happy to send it back. But I mean, it's going to cost you. I'm, you know, I want, I want at least fifty bucks out. You blackmailed him for blackmailed his own passport, him basically yeah. for his own passport. Well, apparently, Mark believed it. Hook, line, he and sinker. He missed the joke. Yeah, hook, line, and sinker. And Toby is down in his office when he gets this email. Now, getting those two together, yeah, they get riled up. They get, they, they just like, you know, if you spur and me, each other if you on. and me run day to day at a four, a four or a five. Toby and Mark roll out of bed at a seven. Yeah, absolutely. They're so, locked and loaded and ready. To and go when they're from together, the that worse. just bumps them up to an eight. Double it. They, they run pretty hot. Yeah. And so immediately, I, I so Toby comes up to my office and he's like, he's like, dude, Mark is on one. He's like, he's like, he got an email from some dude, and and I think Toby's joking at first, and I realize he's not joking. Serious. He's he's like, yeah, Mark's gonna actually call. Mark's just called the cops. I was like, oh, no. I was like, no, no. I was like, "That's we have his passport. This is a joke. And he's like, you better go down there. Part of me still thinking, did they figure it out and they're messing they're, with they're us? They're playing the prank back like on you. Like they flipped it around. But knowing that this is very possible, so I walk in and Mark's on the phone with the police department, and I take his passport and I stick it on the glass right by his desk, and there was some expletive involved, and he's like, you <laughs> Suck so bad. He's like, well, you can explain it to the police. <laughs> uh, just, I mean, I, I don't want to take too long telling this story, but just, just f- this, the U.S. Department of State was involved. Yes, yes, the Treasury the Department, Pref- Treasury yeah. Department was involved. Uh, we worried that honestly, when Mark tried to go out of the country the next time, that it wouldn't work. His passport would have been canceled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it went bad. But the key part of this is right whenever Toby came up. And said, "Hey, you know all this stuff." I said, "I'll, I'll get, I'll get his passport." Well, I didn't have it. Mar- I knew Kevin had it, so I run down and Kevin's out in the R and D building, and I run out. There, I was like, "Dude, Ke- like Mark we called the police. This is a bad deal." I was, like, I was like, "I need his passport." He goes, "Oh, I put it in your desk." <laughs> so, I was like, "What do you mean you put it in my desk?" Dance monkey. <laughs> yeah. So, so that it was, was Kevin's idea. Kevin encouraged you to create a fake email account for you to reach out to Mark, and then he planted the passport in your desk. So. Kevin will screw you over. Kevin's, that is the nature Kevin's of what has happened here. We're clean. Yes, he was that kid. I guarantee he was that kid, yeah. like growing up, that did everything, and then just like looked at his cousins, like I don't know why they did I that. Yeah, mom, I don't know what they were doing. Yep. Yeah, yep. That was it just sums you guys up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's been the nature of our relationship. All right. One last question before we get into what I'm going to call the lightning round. But um, what do you appreciate most about your job here? Oh man. So that may, maybe not a great transition for you to switch from playing pranks on Mark yeah. to uh, to to what what do you appreciate most about your job? But that's I'm asking the questions, and those are the questions I asked. That it's truly how do I how do I word it? Um, we are we are in it to make money. We want to we want to have profit. You have to have profit. But the profit isn't to line the pockets of the owners, line the pockets of the people here. It's to better the kingdom. It's to make sure that we're taking secular dollars, what I would call secular dollars, worldly dollars, and bringing them in and turning them back around into kingdom dollars. Um, that the money's truly being invested for the purpose of growth, not to for us all to be billionaires. It's to actually have an advancement in the kingdom. True advancement. 
I like it. So, all right. So to uh, to stretch your mind again. Okay. We're going to the lightning round. Okay. These are whatever pops into your head first. No explanation needed. Just answer, and we'll move on. Okay. All right. Ready? I'm ready. Do you need to take a drink? Yeah, probably your, so. Your fancy Perrier. Didn't ask me if I wanted any Perrier. Uh, some right there. I'm good. Warm, though. Well, I'm good. All right. Lightning round begins now. Favorite type of music? Country. Favorite band? Uh, uh, yeah, the Zach Brown band. All right. Uh, favorite sports team? Cardinals. What kind of car do you drive? F-150. What kind of car would you drive if you had a million dollars? F-150. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, favorite TV show? Uh, probably um, Big Bang Theory. Favorite movie? Princess Bride. Nice. Classic. Uh, favorite book? Actually, Extreme Ownership. Um, Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon? Amazon. Uh, if you were going to watch a movie, would you rather watch it at the theater or on your couch? On my couch. Um, who's the number one person that's influenced the person you are today most? Um, I would have to still, I would actually have to say Lynn. And who's the one person you wish you were more like? Not Lynn, for sure, no. <laughs> uh, I would probably say that, uh, for me it would be, in some aspects, my mom. I like it, and that, that concludes our lightning round. Good. You, did, you did well. Awesome. All right, just a few more questions here to follow up. I'm going to change tracks just a little bit. Okay. Less about the company and more about your success as a, uh, as a career person. Um, what traits about your – this is not lightning round. We're, we're past the, the lightning round. So I can take a little time. You take, I can take a breath. It. We can good. have a conversation again. Okay, good. All right, so what traits about yourself have, you, have allowed you to be successful? So what, what, what do you see in yourself that's allowed you to, to be successful? I think the thing that I'm probably most um, – that probably has the best value from my standpoint is that I really do have a passion for people. I really do care for people. Um, I really do He's want to He's not just see... saying that either, audience. Like, I, I know the quality <laughs> of this person. He, he does. It's true. Yeah, I really – I want to see people succeed. I want them to see them be fulfilled. Um, and so that that's probably the trait that I feel like, and I, I've just I've had it since I was a kid. It's just something that God has been able to put into into my life, and um, I'm I'm happy that I have that. I am too, and can be sincere about it. So that's nice. All right. So have you ever listened to the Tim Ferriss podcast or read any of I, Tim Ferriss? I've, re- I've listened to a couple of Tim Ferriss ones. Yeah. Um. He Tim Ferriss. For those of you who don't know, um, successful author, podcaster, YouTuber, um, motivator. But if you if you read any of Tim Ferriss's books, or specifically if you listen to his his podcast, he uh, one of his big things is asking people about their routines um, and trying to break down successful people. He almost like is trying to hack success by yeah. like what do you, he does a lot of life hacks. Stuff, yeah, right? and like yeah. what what do successful people have in common? What are the, all the things that the people he interviews? What are the, what, what are the threads that kind of unite them? Yep. Um, and so I'm not trying to be Tim Ferriss, but I I'm just really curious. To, to follow one of his threads here with routines. And, and what routines do you fall into in a day-to-day manner? I think the one that has really stuck out to me the most that um, I'd say it's only been in the past th- two and a half, three years that I've done this. Um, but looking back at my life, 
things, times when I was more successful, this was a common thing, is getting up early. I am a big believer in getting up early. Um, I'm a big believer in working out, particularly if you in the morning, but if you're just not going to do that or whatever, get up early, get your day started. Um, it takes, you know, I recently heard in a, in a Jocko Wilnick podcast that it, it takes the average person a good 20 minutes to get functioning at a, at a basic level and a good, you know, hour and a half to get functioning at a high level. I believe that. Um, and so, so if you're waking up at 7.30 to get to your 8 o'clock job, you're an hour and a half into your job before you're functioning uh, well. So um, I think there's a real sentiment there. And, you know, the part of it that, that has really jumped and what has changed for me in the past two years is that I hear people say, well, I just, I'm just not built that way. I just can't get up early. Well, nobody likes it. Like nobody, you know, I, don't l- I love the feeling when I first wake up at 445 to go to the gym at 515 or, or if it's an off day getting up at, you know, 6 or 5, you know, 545. Nobody loves it, but you just get into a routine of it and then it's just habit. You know, um, and so listen to a lot of uh, YouTube videos on that specific topic. Uh, there's actually a really good one uh, that The Rock does talking about the power of getting up early and what it does for you. So I think there's definitely something there. I'm one of those people that a couple of years ago was the person you were talking about that woke up at 730 for their yeah. 8 o'clock job. I was too. Um, and since I've had kids, yeah. so when, when my daughter was born, you know, your schedule is their schedule. Yeah. Um, I started getting up, you know, she would wake up at six and so I was up at six and that just kind of became routine. And then my son was born and he woke up at six and you part of that. And then now that my kids sleep longer, they don't wake up at six anymore. They, all my kids will sleep until seven thirty or almost eight. Well, I'm used to waking up at six now right. or five forty-five, and though it hasn't changed and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm it, I completely agree with you that there's productivity to be had by waking up early. You can take a little more pace to start your day, a little more relaxing, and then, like you said, like it, it takes me a good 20, 30 minutes just to feel like I'm alive in the morning. Yep. Um, and so, and then you know, getting getting something done at the house or something done um, before I go to the office. There's, I think, is there's value in that. Absolutely. All right, I like that. So you think routines? You, routines then are. Uh, Important to success. Yes, you need to you need to have a you need to have routines. I believe whatever it is, um, you know, I have my my things that I think help me. But routine is extremely important. And people think of routine as rut. It's not rut. It's consistency. It's knowing what might you know. You have so much of your day that you're not in control of. Yeah. You know, so have these few things that you know are going to be this way. You, uh, this is going to sound really random, but do you, do you lay your clothes out for the next day, the night before, or every the morning day. Every night day. before? Uh, every day I will lay them out the night before. Night before. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I know that sounds like even people listening to this are going to think I'm nuts, but I think that I, it sounds like such a little, that's little, another, it sounds so unimportant, but I've found that the, my mornings are so much easier if I lay my clothes out the night before. So I will particularly, especially if I'm going to go to the gym or work out, those clothes are stacked and ready to go. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you get up and you know, I can't find my shorts. I can't find my shoes. You know, just forget it. I'll just, you know, I'll go tomorrow. Um, and that, that the, the, also the idea that I've adapted in the past two years are working to adapt is the idea of if you don't want to do something, don't let it be today that you make the excuse. So... 
I'm just so tired. You know, I can't get up early. I'm just so tired. You know what? If I'm still this tired tomorrow, I'll sleep it. Yeah. But don't, today I'm getting up. I said I was going to. Don't change up. the alarm clock tonight. Change it in the morning. Yep. Yep. I, I said That's I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Because what you're going to find is most of the time what I've learned is the next day you're going to say the same thing. So it's just how, part of that process. So. I like that. Um, do you think that you're an organized person? So is your mind or- naturally organized? Do you fall into organizational habits easily? I've had to force myself into organization. It was probably the one thing that I've had the biggest growth in in my time here. Um, when I, and, I, and if you would ask probably a lot of the C personalities around here, I'm still very unorganized compared to them, but compared to where I was, drastically different. Um, <clears throat> as far as organizing my mind, I can do well. I can stay on task pretty well. I get... Um, I get pulled into th- things pretty easily. I'd say when, when we made the move to this office, uh, for those of you who probably don't know, we were in a very much smaller office, and so it was very easy to get pulled into things, which is good and bad, Yeah. right? So there's probably some some giveaway by being in this office from that aspect or a creativity standpoint. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've gotten much better at being organized. Um, but still, I would say I'm better about it at home, to be quite honest. I actually... I consider myself to keep a pretty clean house for a single guy. <laughs> so <laughs> I like things to be where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there. So I'm I'm a lot the same way. Uh, I I believe that organization um, is is a key to success. Um, and my I do not fall into it easily. Yeah. So I have little triggers. Um, I have That's to write I have to write everything down and not just type it in my phone. Like I do that too. But uh, anything that I want to make repetition or or to to hold myself accountable to I have to write it down the actual act of writing it helps me to keep things straight and organized yes. in my mind yes that's probably something I I don't do well enough I use my phone a lot I I mean I I could give you my phone right now and there's probably 20 notes in there that I can reference back to of stuff I'm working on or something I need to remember um that my phone makes a tremendous difference. Yeah. Um, I probably should get better about writing things down. I know it sounds like such a like, like it's, I said, it makes earlier, sense. A subtle difference. Like, but like for me, being a visual guy, creative. Yep. Uh, the actual it, it's slower, so I have to watch myself write every letter, and yep. it just seeing it on the paper. It connect. I don't know, there's a connection that I get from writing it down that I don't get from typing it in my phone. Well, I recently I just had a conversation um, with with uh, Kelly Wood who does our 401k mm-hmm. here at Master's Choice. And she had went to a really high-level training with Edward Jones, and they were talking about the retention rate of information, how, like, when you just hear it, it's like 7%. When you hear it and write it down, it goes to, like, 30-something percent. Mm-hmm. When you hear it, write it down, and then reteach it to someone, it goes up to, like, a re- you know a really oh, yeah. high number. Um, so that, you know, it makes sense that retention level is going to stay when you're writing something or when you're talking about it more. All right. That is all my questions, but I'm going to give you no questions, just final thoughts. What do you want to leave the audience with uh, as we wrap up the uh, the first episode here of Telling Our Stories with Scott Harris? Hmm. Well, I would say that Probably one of the things that people hear the most and they talk about is no matter what um, we have going on from a company standpoint, anytime we bring somebody in the office and we've got a group of guys here today, one of our new distributors, one of the things they always brag about is our staff. Um, And I think people would assume that we all just are perfect and get along and it's just kumbaya and fun, but 
we have challenges. We're a family, so you're going to have challenges. Um, and But yet, at the end of the day, you know, it's our hope and belief that we do have each other's back and we do work together well. And so what you see from the people who are listening that, that have come here or will come here is not fake. We're not putting on a show for when you're in town. We act the same as, you know, uh, when you're not around as we do. We're the same jerks today that we will be tomorrow. That's right. I heard of something really funny on a podcast uh, yesterday, and it was a Stuff You Should Know podcast, and they were talking about these two guys had just gotten hired into the um, How Stuff Works network. That's a big network of podcasts and all this stuff. And uh, they were like, you know, we walked around, we kept meeting guys, and we thought, Man, we like where's the jerks? Like you know, every play, every business has jerks. Like where's the jerks? We haven't met them. Yeah. And then it hit us: Are we the jerks? <laughs> Did they hire us because they were needing they jerks? Needed, needed to meet a quota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That's good. Well, Scott, thank you so much for being uh, my guinea pig here, and hopefully, uh, it felt good. Yeah, I it thought it was good. fun. I had a lot of fun. I could. So hopefully the uh, hopefully Always the fun that we had anyway. translates on to. Uh, Onto the podcast, and and hopefully this becomes a uh, regular thing. My my plan is to to interview every person that works here from from the top That'll down. That'll be cool. And, uh, you know, let let people who may not necessarily be on the YouTube channel or on the podcast all the time let them let them share their story with our audience because I think they're I think everybody here is important. Yep. So how important does that make you feel that I started with you? Yes. It, it it just shows that you're a man of good taste. <laughs> <laughs> Proves it that. further. All right, podcast audience, I appreciate your ear. Thanks for thanks for listening. Um, if you just can't get enough of how awesome Master's Choice content is, I, I encourage you to visit youtube.com slash Master's Choice. Hit that subscribe button. We post uh, at least twice a week. Um, so get some more of our our fun and our personality there and and maybe you'll actually learn something about agriculture too like you didn't today so uh appreciate you guys and uh we'll we'll see you next week i can't believe i said zach brown band i don't even listen to the zach brown band anymore i used to love them those those guys are going to give me so much crap about that if they listen to it